You are listening to Artistic Finance, show 155. Today's show is a hodgepodge of what's on my mind. We're going to talk about terrorism, earthquakes, and divorce, something new I learned about Roth IRAs, and some fun things like Broadway grosses, LDI, and A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. So without further ado, let's get to the show. You are listening to Artistic Finance, where we help creatives learn about the business of show business. First up, I want to go right to a very dark place, and that is the Israel-Palestine-Gaza conflict. So I don't watch the news. It's just a thing. Uh, I'm an emotional person, and if something bad is on the news, I'm just going to be ruined for the day, if not longer. So I don't watch it, but because I interact with people, I usually know what's going on in the world. Well, Nicole has been filling me in about this attack on Israel, and now the counterattack of Israel, retaliating, let's say. And, you know, it's just terrible. It's just terrible. And I, I get it. Tragedy is not an uncommon thing. Thousands of people have been killed in the United States this year by gun violence. War in Ukraine between Russia. North Korea is rough all the time. So I get it. Terrible things happening all the time. And then the other thing is this week in Afghanistan, there was an earthquake. It killed 1,300 people. 90% of them were women and children. Because when it struck, they were all at home and the men were out, not at home. So that was terrible. That happened this week. But the thing that had my week ruined was this Hamas attack in Israel, you know, in the early morning that killed the same amount that the earthquake killed, 1,300 people. But the Hamas attack just really got me down because it was humans treating other humans terrible. It wasn't a natural disaster. It wasn't an accident. It was a lot of people organizing to hurt a lot of other people. And um, there was a lot of cruelty happening. You know, there was just things I don't even want to talk about or mention. And thankfully, we're finding out that some of it was social media misinformation. But unfortunately, a lot of it was not. And it, and it really, it's just a really terrible, terrible thing. Um, and I'm not justifying the retaliation that's going on, the continued war that's going to be happening. Um, you know, and I understand it's an ongoing conflict. So it's not like this just came out of nowhere. But man, some of the descriptions of what happened <laughs> just really get you down. I mean, they just make you go to dark places is, is the mild way of saying it. Um, and I don't know if it's because I'm a father now. But, um, you know, anytime a child gets hurt, right, um, is terrible. But when it's intentional, um, you know, call it collateral damage, but I mean, that's not cool. You know, even if I wasn't a father, this would still get to me, but maybe it just got to me a little bit more because I have little Theo, six-month-old, and I just think if anything were to harm him, especially if it was an intentional thing, like how, just how terrible is that? So anyway, that's where I went, and I know this has nothing to do with art or finance, Except it sort of does, because one of the things that popped up on my LinkedIn was this photo of uh, a woman named Maya Fodor, 
uh, 25 years old. I, I don't know her, I, but she studied theater. And of course, I pick up on that because right now I'm a professor and I'm teaching a bunch of 25-year-olds or 22-year-olds or 23-year-olds, but basically people like Maya. And tomorrow I'm going to go in and I'm going to teach a class on lighting, on theater. And Maya, who is studying theater, is now dead because of this Hamas attack for no reason. So another theater artist gone, one that's never going to, you know, you know, I don't know what it, what is all our dream? You know, I sort of think my dream is like designing a show on Broadway, right? That's sort of like what I want to do. Maya's never going to get to Broadway for no reason. Like just killed for no reason. Whatever reason somebody thinks there is, I, it's not a reason. There's no reason. So anyway, I also can't help but go to this dark place, which is Nicole gets so upset when I go here, but I just can't. But it's when things like this happen, I think this, you know, this is why I can't partake in organized religion. This is why I can just never support it because, if, you know, if it's a solo gunman or whatever, it's like, okay, that's a crazy person. But when it's organized people, it's saying, well, what, what do they have in common that they're so worked up about? Anyway, this isn't a time for uh, religion or no religion or what religion. That's not important right now. You know, it's humanity that um, needs defended right now. But in these dark times when my mind just goes to, you know, just obsesses over the horror, um, I go to sort of, you know, I can't go to, you know, a magical creature in the sky to make sense of this all. But I can go to my fellow humans. And there is one human who did a lot of writing, a lot of speaking on things on humanity. It was an American named Robert Green Ingersoll. He was a outspoken agnostic in the 1880s in the United States. And so if you thought religion has a grip on politics now, you weren't around in the 1880s <laughs> when, when he was doing a lot of his talking. <laughs> um, but you know, he, he wrote and said a lot of wonderful things that I go back to um, because they're as relevant today as they were when he wrote them. So he's my founding father, if you will. But he said a lot of good things. And one of the things he said was, give to every human being every right that you claim for yourself. So that's all I can think is, you know, if you're going to kill somebody, really, should you? Would that person kill you? Like, do you want somebody coming and killing you for any reason? Like, forget no reason, but for any reason. And if you don't want people to just kill you for no reason, you should not be out there killing other people. So anyway, give to every human being every right that you claim for yourself. But the quote that I've been using this week to help me get through, because I need light and positive energy, I can only rely on other humans. I have to believe in other humans. This quote helps me. Happiness is the only good. The place to be happy is here. The time to be happy is now. And the way to be happy is to make others so. So anyway, this week I have just been hugging Theo so tightly and loving him so much because I just cannot imagine losing him for any reason. Uh, so anyway, now to a less dark topic, and that is divorce. And, you know, any other week, divorce might have been a terrible topic. But 2023 in my life, well, not my direct life per se, but I have had two good friends 
get divorced or announce divorces. There was a coworker, colleague who went through a big breakup. And then even this week, somebody I was working with said, oh, my dad's getting divorced. And it's like, what? So anyway, 2023, there's something in the water. You know, 2020 was COVID. 2022 is when live events really came back. And 2023 is apparently the year for divorces. But something good came out of the divorce in a way because (laughs) I learned something new about Roth IRAs. So it turns out if you are married filing separately, so you're going to file as a single person, uh, you cannot contribute to a Roth IRA, assuming that your income is $10,000 or more. That's a weird rule to me. I didn't delve into why that is, but it turns out if you're married filing separately, you virtually cannot contribute to a Roth IRA. I don't know who needs to know that, but if for some reason you're married and you were going to file separately this year, just know that you can't be contributing to a Roth IRA unless you're going to make less than $10,000. But I find that hard to believe that you would be able to make less than $10,000 and still be able to survive in this world. Um, So anyway, something new about Roth IRAs. Okay, so now for something uh, much more positive and exciting and fun, and that is Broadway grosses. Every week, the Broadway League puts out the Broadway grosses, so how much money was spent on Broadway shows, what shows made what, and how much ticket prices were. Uh, Now, Playbill will also post these in a chart, an easier-to-read way, Um, and then they also will provide sort of an analysis of what it means for Yumi and really the producers. Uh, But this week, Playbill's analysis was by Logan Colwell Block on October 10th, and I'm going to post link to that story or analysis in the show notes. The Broadway box office rose by 17% last week compared to the previous week. The total was about $27 million that was spent on tickets. That sounds wonderful, but actually, a year ago, because The Music Man with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster was uh, in the playing, $30 million was spent on tickets in the same week. But anyway, $27 million this year is still pretty great. Um, And there's 26 productions that are currently running. 89% of them were full houses. So 200,000 people saw a Broadway show last week. The newest one, or most recently opened, was Stephen Sondheim's Merrily We Roll Along, which is an infamous uh, flop when it first premiered on Broadway. And this time they put Daniel Radcliffe in it, who, uh, if you don't know, (laughs) played Harry Potter in the Harry Potter movie series. Uh, And so they, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but it doesn't matter how good or bad the show is, (laughs) it's going to be selling out. So, uh, but anyway, so... This week, it uh, officially opened, and that was October 8th, and that means that that show was basically fully comped, aka they didn't actually sell any tickets. So even without selling tickets to one of their shows this week, they still made $1.2 million, uh, which is just amazing. But I guarantee that this week, um, with running eight shows, they're going to be making more than that because (laughs) they aren't going to be missing one whole show of theirs. But anyway, other top grocers were the ones that tend to be top grocers always. Uh, The Lion King, Wicked, Hamilton, MJ the Musical, the Michael Jackson Musical, that one's been doing really well. Uh, Again, I haven't seen it, but I hear the lighting is really good. And then Sweeney Todd, which is another Sondheim revival. So that's sort of cool that, uh, I mean, it's not cool that he died, but uh, he's dead and he's got two, you know, 
selling out shows going on Broadway. So in this analysis, there's The Million Dollar Club, uh, which are shows that earned a million dollars or more at the box office. So those were The Lion King, Wicked, Hamilton, MJ, The Musical, Sweeney Todd, but also Aladdin, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Moulin Rouge, The Musical, Back to the Future, and Juliet and the Book of Mormon. Then they have another list, which is the 90s club, which is shows that played at 90% or higher of seats filled up for the entire week. Those were Merrily We Roll Along, which was the only one with 100% of capacity. (laughs) And then Moulin Rouge, Hamilton, The Lion King, Wicked, of course. Um, But Jaja's African hair braiding was also in the mix. Hades Town, Sweeney Todd, Back to the Future, uh, six the musical and the most recent show to be on Broadway is Gutenberg the musical, which is starring Josh Gad and Andrew Rannells, who were in the Book of Mormon originally. Uh, so definitely known for that, and coming back with a similar type show, you know, religious and fun and blah blah blah. Anyway, I would love to see that show. Hopefully one day I do. So anyway, that is the Broadway grosses. Now let's talk about LDI. I just want to point out, I'm not sponsored by LDI or anything like that. They have something cool this year, uh, which is an organization called Behind the Scenes. So what they're doing at LDI is they're having the Behind the Scenes Wellness Lounge for the entire conference. Everybody is welcome to join for a cup of coffee yoga each morning just after the show floor opens. So (laughs) you don't need any experience or equipment or special clothing. (laughs) It's just a brief yoga practice. Uh, which I think is wonderful. Um, And then there's breathing and meditation uh, following that uh, with your fellow lighting professionals, etc. Behind the Scenes is just a wonderful organization um, shining a light on mental health in the industry and mental health also related to physical health. Just fantastic organization. And uh, I'm so happy to see them sort of doing that. And so I just wanted to point that out. Um, that's That's a wonderful thing that's happening at LDI. Very, very happy about that. And also LDI, so we're we're going to be there. Uh, last year we partnered with Ayrton. Uh, this year we don't have a partner, but I do have five panelists that are coming to the show. And uh, last year because of Ayrton, I was able to sponsor them a little bit. This year I'm not able to do that. I'm only bringing that up because if anybody listening randomly wants to help me sponsor one of my panelists, just reach out to me and we can make that happen. Because uh, I don't give them that much support, but you know, even a little bit helps get them there. Uh, but even if you're not supporting or in that capacity, I would love to see you there. Uh, it's going to be a great sort of session. Last year was awesome. The year before was awesome. So I'm just looking forward to seeing everybody um, and chatting finance and art and lighting and all that. Okay, so another thing that was on my radar this week because I went to that dark place was uh, Stephen Litvak, who uh, passed away uh, at 64. Now, Stephen was the musical writer, he wrote the music and the lyrics, uh, or co-wrote the lyrics, for A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, which was a super successful Broadway show. Super funny, super great, super clever, just a wonderful show. I hope you all get to see it at some point. And it won the Tony, it won the Drama Desk, um, so Stephen had great success with that. But what I sort of love about Stephen's passing, and I mean, it's terrible to say it that way, but he passed away on October 9th, crazy week this week, and so somehow I just, I don't know, became obsessed with this. Okay, he was 64, well, that's not that old. 
But what is great is that he was sort of what they call a multi-hyphenate artist. He was a cabaret performer. He was a music arranger. He was a director. Uh, he was a performance coach, too. And he was a songwriter and a composer. So he was all these things. And what I love is that A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder was his only Broadway credit. It was his only tour credit. And yes, okay, he won the Outer Critics Circle Award, the Drama Desk Award, the Tony Award. He won all that. But it was his one show. And so he's not a Stephen Sondheim. He's not a Stephen Schwartz. You know, he doesn't have all these credits. He's more of a working man. (laughs) Not to say those other people aren't working men, but he wasn't so successful that sort of that became his thing. But he was just always working. And I'm thinking that because on this podcast, a lot of my guests I, I strive to have are ones that are working people. They're not the ones that have been wildly successful and rest on their laurels or um, have been super successful. Yes, some of them have been, but Stephen Lutvac was a worker bee. (laughs) Like he had all the successes and he he completely embraced this career in entertainment. And it just, just, it was just nice to see somebody like that who uh, seemed to have a wonderful life, loved being in this career, loved, you know, teaching other people. It's just lovely. So anyway, I hope the family is is dealing with this well. Um, My heart goes out to them. So anyway, uh, that's everything that's been on my mind. Uh, One weird thing that happened this week, too, is that uh, I've gotten back into jogging, finally. So, TMI, but I gained 15 pounds with COVID and having a baby. So I'm the heaviest I've ever been in my life. When the baby arrived, I just stopped exercising. And this we go back a year now where we had Claudia Hodgson of Theater Fit who is promoting wonderful, healthy lifestyles amongst theater workers. I know a couple of our listeners have been working with Claudia this past year, um, training, getting in shape, you know, working off fat, all that. And I applaud those people. Good for you. Totally good for you. I'm happy for you at all. But I did the opposite. I stopped working out, stopped doing it, um, started eating a little unhealthier. All this to say, I finally got back into jogging, and I'm only doing 20 minutes a night, you know, while Nicole's putting Theo to sleep, I go out for my 20-minute jog. So all last week, I had this little, like, a rock or something was stuck in my foot, and it wasn't very bad. It was just a little bit on my heel, and so, you know, I run in, like, a gravelly road, so I, you know, didn't really think about it. I sort of cleaned out my shoes. Anyway, finally, it got a little bad. Like, (laughs) I I would, like, you know, put my foot down a little hard and it would like sort of stab me. So I was finally like, okay, I got to get rid of this little pebble, whatever this is. So I go to my shoe and it turns out I had a half inch screw (laughs) in my shoe (laughs) under my heel. So for who knows how long, I only discovered it because I started jogging. Um, But I'm sure that screw came from being in a theater and stepping on a screw or something like that. So all I got to say is I didn't know that I had a half inch of material in my shoe, but that screw was dug down in, which means there was more than half an inch material on my shoe. Anyway, so that was just an exciting thing that happened for me this week was, man, thank you for these shoes. (laughs) Anyway, okay. Uh, Thank you for listening. That's all I have for today. Um, Next week, we have Cindy Lowe of Red Velvet, which is a full service experiential agency, and she joins us to discuss experiences and keeping Red Velvet afloat during COVID and the future of events. So uh, swing back next week for that. My dad joke to end the episode. Um, This is because War and Peace has been on my mind. So here's the joke. Whoever invented the knock-knock joke 
should get a Nobel Prize. That's all for this week. Until next time, break a leg. Thank you for listening to Artistic Finance, where we interview successful artists, leaders, and investors to help educate and inspire the creative community. To access our show notes and resources, go to artisticfinance.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Artistic Finance. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thank you.